0: And as Gio and I have been sharing uh, over the last few weeks, when Pastor Stewart has uh, either been in Guatemala or he was in Seattle last week, he's in Hawaii this week, getting some well deserved rest, um, we have been working through the, the Gospel of Luke. And this is just the next passage, and it's Luke. 7, 18 to 23, it's on, your, um, it's on your notes if you want to read along. John's disciples told him about all these things. All these things, last week, uh, Gio talked about um, the raising of the widow's son, And before that, there was the healing of the centurion's servant. And, And I'm drawing a blank on what's before that. It's been weeks, but John's disciples told John about all these things that Jesus was doing. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, he sent them to ask the Lord Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else?" When these men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. He gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Holy Spirit, as we... As we just look at this passage, open our hearts, open our eyes, open our ears, that we may hear what you, Holy Spirit, are saying to your church. Amen. So, at the very beginning, John is saying, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? If we remember way back in the beginning of this gospel, John was prophesied to be a, a prophet in the spirit of Elijah. In the Old Testament, there are prophecies that says that in the spirit of Elijah, someone will come to herald in to welcome in, to introduce to Israel the Messiah. And that was John. John, um, and if you want, you can go back, first two chapters of Luke, it's, it's there. And, um, but because John had, he, he was the herald of the Messiah, he had an expectation of who the Messiah was. Or, in his case, is, present tense. And his expectation came from a cultural understanding that, and even a a biblical understanding in the Old Testament, Messiah was to come and deliver God's people from oppression. And in this day and age, uh, or in, in this day and age in the passage, you know, the people of Israel were under Roman occupation, so this and john wasn 't the first. there were many other prophets beforehand who were um, there's the what they call the Maccabean revolt there was there was a group of people under um I forget the guy's first name his last name was Maccabee anyhow he he rose up a group of people to try and overthrow the Romans. It failed. But who here likes to be under somebody's boot? Nobody. And so this was building up a head of steam, and it was in the cultural conversation that we don't want to be under Rome's boot anymore. Yes, there were some of the, uh, the priestly class who are like, let's get along to get along. You know, that they're bigger, they're more powerful. Let's just do what we got to do to survive. We understand that. But then there's other people who were like, no, we need to kick them out. We need to reestablish ourselves as God's people here and see God's kingdom go for- forward. And that's where John was coming from. That was his expectation. And uh, and so I don't think it was a lack of faith when he said, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? I think he was just getting impatient. He was in prison. He had been preaching repentance. He had been baptizing people in the Jordan. He had been ushering people into... Um, into a life of holiness, into God's presence. And, and then he was arrested. He let his words get away with him. He's, he was, because he was a holiness preacher, he was telling people, repent of your sins. Get right with God. Messiah is coming. Let's all come together under the banner of God's holiness. And he said some things to some Roman leaders that got him imprisoned. Eventually got him killed. And so when it says John's disciples came to him and told him about these things, John was in prison. But um, so... He, he knew that Jesus was doing these things. But in his estimation, it's like, it's great that you're healing people. It's great that you're raising people from the dead. But when, when are we going to kick this thing off? And then Jesus' reply was, um, make sure I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. Jesus' reply was, "Go back and tell him what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Tell him those things." And so today we're going to look at some of those things. Oh. And last but not least, he said, And blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Sometimes Jesus does things that we we don't appreciate in the moment. And um, I think John was, you know, he wanted something more. And I think he was on the verge, like, His impatience may have been taking him to a place where, uh, on the edge of doubt, even though he was, John and Jesus were cousins, and John knew the prophecies about Jesus. And John even baptized Jesus, Jesus coming down to the river, and he just stops everything, Behold the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. So, John was just like, okay, come on, Jesus, what's going on? But let's get to... So, I I mentioned uh, John's expectations of Jesus. You know, when when I look at passages of scripture like anybody I try and find myself in them I try and ask myself questions from them and because I I want to be changed by God's word and I know I know we all we all do so what are what are our expectations of Jesus so I'm transporting us from first century Palestine to today. As Leonard was sharing with us, now we have the Holy Spirit. Now we have God's power. Now we have God's word. Now we have God's people. We're we're in a different age of the church. And so I feel the presence of Jesus here and now. I can't see him like John could see him or his disciples could see him, but I know Jesus is here. And so what are our expectations? The first question came to my mind was, Becca, what brought you to Jesus in the first place? I, I shared last week that the love of God's people brought me to Jesus. Ushered me into God's family. And and I, I love your testimonies, Tom. Because it's the same thing. We had we're our lives were probably completely different, but it was the same thing that brought us into God's family. Love. Period. But what, what brought you to Jesus? And just take a moment just to think about that. Reflect on that. As I mentioned at the opening of our gathering, that I've been listening to that podcast about Foursquare. And it's good just to think back, reflect back on what we know is true, on how God has met us, on those simple things. So just take a moment to reflect what brought you to Jesus. And did you expect it? I didn't expect it. A little itty-bitty part of my testimony was that I was a punk kid who thought I knew everything. And and by thinking I knew everything, I ended up dropping out of school. I ended up running with the wrong crowd. And... My uncle, who is um, no longer with us, but has brought many into the kingdom, he said, not my nephew. Yeah. And so I didn't see that coming. I thought I was going to get a reaming. I thought, you know, that's it. I'm going. He's religious. He's a hard nose. He's, you know, he's gonna, he was a painting contractor. He's going to put me to work on his crew, which he did. Best thing ever. You know, set me up with a set of backup skills. But I thought I was signing up for Hell on Earth. And it turned out to be heaven on earth. I didn't see it coming. That, so. so, my next question, after what brought you to Jesus, why do you return to Jesus? We have a choice every day. Like I mentioned, and please don't, I'm not trying to boast or anything. I was just, so caught up in God's presence in the moment that it just reminded me that every day is a new opportunity to sit in God's presence and be filled. And why do I return to Jesus every day? Because I need need God's love. Because without God's love, I don't think I can love to the extent that the people around me need. That's just one reason I return to Jesus every day. And another question, what do you want from Jesus? I want a lot of things from Jesus. And, and back to, you know, Maureen, uh, when we look around, we see the chaos I'm, I'm a peacemaker. It's just who I am. I just want everybody to get along. And so a lot of times I, when I pray for friends, for family, for situations, my heart says, can we just get along? Can we just respect one another? Can we just love one another? And so a lot of times that's, I go to Jesus, okay, come on, Jesus, can we just, because I know I can't make anybody do anything, but if God can change my life as he has, if God can change your lives as he has, then he can change the situations that are weighing down on us. That's what I want from Jesus amongst many other things. <laughs> and sometimes it's easy to get caught up in a bit of of despair or doubt or and and I use that word doubt, you know, on purpose. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It just means that you're turning back to God and you're saying, what's up? And even in those moments, our second point, it's good to remind ourselves of what God is capable of doing. So I've read this list a couple of times, and now I'm going to insert some different words. So it says, the blind have received sight. So yes, God can heal us. Can give us physical sight. I have a friend you know, in my 20s I was a missionary around the world and I had a friend. We went to this mission school together. I went to the Philippines, he went to India. And he was praying for somebody. They came up with cloud, their eyes were cloudy when he came up, when they walked away their eyes were clear. God can restore sight. But when I look at this passage from, as Dennis had reminded us, the power of God is inside of us. And so can God change how we see from our heart? Yes, God can. The Lord can, can do that. And I'm going to ask a lot of rhetorical, reflective questions. What is a place in your life that you feel a little inadequate in seeing what's going on? And you want God's clarity in that situation. The next thing, the lame walk. Mobility is, such, is something that, for the able-bodied, mobility is something we take for granted. Um, I know I'm not alone in this, but I've got a bad back. I have two herniated discs from an injury on the painting crew. And sometimes I'm walking around and it hurts to walk. Mobility is a precious thing. And when it hurts to walk, dear Sister Maria, it is so aggravating. There's so much you want to do, but you just can't get there physically. But are there, I'm taking this on the inward now, are there places where we feel a lack of mobility emotionally, a lack of flexibility? We find ourselves... Reacting instead of responding. Mobility is just so much more than getting from point A to B, point A to point B. Mobility is the ability to respond, to be flexible, to not be thrown, but to allow the Holy Spirit to invite us to a different way of addressing a situation. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. I had to think about this one for a while. And the, yes, there is a disease called leprosy. Was that what was happening back in the first century? Maybe, maybe not. Generally, it's understood that any skin disease, anything that you could see on the outward part of your body was leprosy and and it's interesting jesus says those who have leprosy are cleansed you were you were deemed unclean and in that people if you were unclean you were not allowed to be around other people you were supposed to dress in rags and you were supposed to be on the outskirts of the city and if if you, for any reason, you had to come close to the population, you had to yell, unclean, unclean. Basically, you were, what's the word? The word that I want to use for being cleansed is reintegration. If you were unclean, you were, Isolated, that's the word. Thank you. I was going to say disintegrated, but that... Ostracized. Ostracized, another word. Not disintegrated, that's not what I was saying. But, but to be reintegrated into the people. Now that you're clean, yes, you had to go to the priest and you had to show... Yeah, Remember, I wasn't clean. I am clean now. And indeed, you have to give us a um, this little sacrifice and you had to follow these steps to prove your cleanliness. But then you are reintegrated into your family, your community. You could go back to work. You could go back to the temple. There are so many things that you lost. And there are there are a lot of people for one reason or another and maybe even ourselves sometimes we feel for one reason or another isolated set set apart maybe even ostracized depends sometimes on the in on an interior way of thinking of it, that's just perspective. I am an introvert. I have to remind myself to hang out with people. I have to remind myself to call people. I have to remind myself to have my office door open so that people can come and hang out with me for a few minutes. And it's a mindset. I have to say, the way I'm feeling is just the way I'm feeling. It doesn't mean that's how people think of me. And so the healing, yes, Jesus healed people, cleansed them, and got them reintegrated into society. Jesus can bring healing to us that we could reintegrate into different parts of our life, I'm taking up too much time. Uh, the ability to hear, I am like any other guy. Somebody can be talking to me, and I can't hear you. It's not that I don't want to. I'm just focused on something, and um, I've been playing in a band for 35 years. And if I'm in a crowded room, I might not be able to hear you. I used to tell my kids, sometimes you have to look at me for me to know that you're talking to me. It's not that I don't want to hear what you have to say. I need your eyes. And that helps me to hear. Sometimes... We don't want to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. It may involve conviction. It may be, maybe I'm just making this up on the, off the top of my head, but it might be something we need to apologize, make amends for. And we're like, yeah, no, I think I was right. And God may say, you may have been right, but the way you responded wasn't good. Or whatever, I'm just making this up, I'm not projecting. Um, But the ability to hear. In the book of Revelation, and even in the Gospels, those who have ears to hear, may those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. That's my prayer for us. That we would hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The dead are raised is something that he reported back to John. And I loved, Gio, your message last week. Carrying hope. That was very powerful. The mother who lost her son, the widow who lost her son, when her son died, she lost hope. But Jesus came and raised her son and brought hope back to her. She was no longer destitute. She was no longer at the whim of society. She had her son to help take care of her. Hope was reestablished. And I was chatting with Gio because um, for some reason I got off on what was next. And I actually, for this week, I started preparing that passage. And then he spoke on it. I'm like, cool, you did a better job than I thought I could have done on that. But the one point that I was reflecting on is, is there something in our lives where we have already committed it to the burial pyre? We've already, we're already seeing the pallbearers take it away. We're like, That part of life is done. You're grieving it. You're whatever it could be. You fill in the blank. The widow was grieving. Like just that part of her life, she had committed it to the grave. It's done. But is it done for the Lord? Not always. And Jesus can resurrect things in our life that we thought were once dead. And lastly, oh, well, lastly on this list, I got about four minutes. Um, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. This could be a whole message. In of itself, the good news proclaimed to the poor. Because in the Gospels, where did my note go? The good news to the poor in the Gospels, Jesus, is said of Jesus that he proclaimed the good news. And it was five out of six times, it was linked to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And so... Because when I, the good news proclaimed to the poor, what does that mean? I think Jesus was reminding John that the kingdom is here. You want us to revolt. You want us to come in and do this big takeover thing. We don't need to. God's kingdom is already here. And I heard this one theologian say, instead of kingdom, it, he was being a little coy, but he took the G out and said, kin The kingdom is about kin. It's about relationship. It's about resource. Um, I've even heard it another theologian call it the commonwealth. Of God, When it says kingdom in the Greek, it's just a realm of authority. That's just what the word means. And so, if Jesus is our king and Jesus has people, we are the people. There is relationship. There is resource. Good news to the poor, if there is resource then we can we can in God's kingdom in God's family our needs can be met and that can go in any which direction emotional spiritual physical you name it you can be a part of God's kingdom and your needs can be met I have a whole other heart which I'm not going to have a lot of time to get to but all of that was it's good to remind us uh, ourselves of what God can do now we get to allow God to surprise us again back to I didn't expect love when I came to Jesus yes I have Some herniated discs, but after my injury, I was in a lot of pain. And my body was actually disfigured from it. Like I couldn't stand up straight. God healed me. He used doctors, and he used chiropractors, and he used physical therapists, and he used medication. But God healed me because none of those things are outside of God's realm of influence. I thought I was gonna be in a wheelchair at 20 years old. I'm not. God surprised me way back then, and every day when I get up, even though I may be a little stiff, I'm very grateful I get to walk. So, again, I had so much, I prepared too much for today, but I'm just going to finish with this. Let's allow ourselves to be surprised by God's benefaction to us through Jesus. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I speak that word over you. I hope you can take that with you. Walk with it this week. Let it be a part of your spirit this week. Immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may I lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you everyone who joined us online. We're going to sign off. We're going to have some lunch together. Hope to see you next week. Have a great week. God bless you.